You ready to beat your bookmaker? Well, then it's time to follow the model. Welcome back to the Follow the Model podcast. I'm your host, Colin Thaw, founder of Thawball. We also have Gates on the line, the architect of the model. Rusty, say what up. How we doing? Vibes are high. We we didn't have the hottest start to the week, but we picked it up on Sunday and we are ready to go going into week 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about last week real quick. Week 12 in the NFL, and we had a big Thanksgiving slate. And I don't think the model was distracted, but the teams playing on Thanksgiving might have been distracted by not being with their families, fattening up on some turkey pre-Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving, whatever it might be, because it didn't go so well on Thursday. Sunday was a lot better. Yeah, we can keep it short and sweet on Thursday. It was just ugly on the two games we picked, ugly all around. Really, Jared Goff and Geno Smith were just horrible. And they looked like the versions of themselves from maybe three, four years ago when Geno was a backup and a nobody. And Jared Goff was traded from the Rams because he couldn't complete a, a 10-yard pass. So that we got those versions of them uh, when we got on them on Thursday. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, you know, we, you got to move on in this business. Sometimes you're going to get bad games for quarterbacks. It is what it is. And Sunday we picked it back up. The big one for me that I really liked was the Falcons finally coming through for us. We've been trying to get Arthur Smith to just hand off the damn ball. Stop trying to throw it away. Desmond Ritter still almost blew the game with some of those interceptions, but it's still, we, you know what? We, we said, this was more about a play of fading the saints and Derek Carr gave us a 90 yard pick six that completely turned this game on its head. And the Falcons ran for like 250 yards. So they still dominated the game the way we thought they should. It was a nice win at home. Great, great win there. And and yeah, it was it enabled us with that and the Ravens to climb back and um, only down a couple of units on the week. Yeah, that's right. To review last week, minus two units, two and four. But those two plays were big plays, three unit plays each. And then on the season, plus three units, 32 and 30. So with that, we're looking to, you know, get ahead now, really start climbing, stretch run, NFL's gearing for the playoffs, so is the model, because this is where we cash in and we make our money. So we're going straight to this week's picks, week 13 in the NFL, and we're going to start with a team that you feel is getting disrespected, I feel is getting disrespected, the model feels is getting disrespectful, disrespected. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly, coming off one of the most dramatic wins of the season against Buffalo. Now they're getting three, plus three, at home versus the Niners. Yeah, this is one where people like to look at recency bias, right? The 49ers just came off a phenomenal win against Seattle. But when's the last time they actually played someone who's a top, top team? I, I can't really remember. We know they lost to the Bengals at home a few weeks back. You know, when they went on that skid, they had lost to the Vikings. They've bounced back and they're looking great. And they did have some injuries throughout that time. But we did see what happened last year in the playoffs. The Eagles dominated them. Now, granted, Brock Purdy got hurt. So we, we obviously have to throw that in there. What gives anyone a reason to have the Eagles as a underdog at home? I, I can't seem to understand it. Maybe it would make a little bit of sense with Lane Johnson out. There's some 
really, really interesting uh, win-loss records with Lane Johnson and without Lane Johnson over the last few years for the Eagles, where they're tremendous with him and not so great with, without him. But we we got word he's coming back, and he missed last week, and they still got the win against Buffalo. And, the, the, you know, they kind of pulled that one out of their ass. I think that's just, again, recency bias that people are seeing. Uh, the Eagles are barely getting away with these wins. They also just played the Bills and, and then the Chiefs on the road. These aren't, like, schlub teams that they're playing. These are some of the best teams in the NFL. They're still getting the wins. They're 10-1. and one. They have the best record in the NFL. And with all the smack that the 49ers have talked about last season, they've basically said, oh, if Brock didn't get hurt, we would have beat you. The Eagles are going to be fired up. This is their most important game of the year. Some people would say, oh, you know, tough, really tough stretch. Bills, Chiefs, they're, they're going to be depleted. They're going to be done. I don't feel that way. I, I think that could have been the reason for last week with that game sandwiched in the middle, the Buffalo game sandwiched between Kansas City and, and, the, and, uh, and San Francisco. But I, I think they're going to be ready to go fully healthy, getting three points. Give me the Eagles all day. This is going to be the biggest play of the week. Yeah, this line does not make much sense. I agree from even just a casual observer standpoint, like what is going on? It screams almost Vegas trap, but the model doesn't care about that. The model sticks to the numbers. The model sticks to the analysis, and and that's why we get this. And I, I actually don't think it is this week because I think people are just so in love with the San Francisco team because, because you know, admittedly, when they – play well they look amazing and they look unstoppable whereas the eagles more have been grinding it out and getting wins. so i i actually think this would this a lot of people would be on san francisco i don't think it's much of a trap yeah so i agree philly just keeps winning and with this they basically would lock up the number one seed home field advantage throughout the playoffs so it definitely means a lot to them to to get to take home this win and plus you're getting the points too so you're not right. even talking about getting the win so uh right. yeah just uh very interesting line there in philadelphia moving on we have a team that let us down last week and now are they a pretender are they a contender and for most of the last oh forget most of the last 30 years for basically the entire iteration of the franchise they've been a pretender they've been a joke forget about even pretender contender they've just been a joke now the hot start their fans deserve it come on detroit don't let us down now the lions are minus three or you got them at minus three i'm sorry they're now minus four and they're traveling to new orleans to take on the saints yeah this is when we locked in right away but lions minus three uh great line to get this at you know, early in the season, we were saying fade Jags fade. Now we're saying fade Saints fade. Get rid of these Saints. They're absolutely hot garbage. I mean, have you been watching this team the last few weeks? Have you been watching Derek Carr? The guy's a shell of himself from what he was in, in Vegas and even Oakland. I think he was in Oakland before that. Uh, like, it, it's it, he's just not the same guy. At this point, they should probably bring in Jameis. I, I, don't, I don't understand what they're doing. The guy can't get it done. And this, this Saints team just is not good. Detroit's proved who they are. Even if they're not playing quite as well as they were earlier in the year, the Saints offense isn't going to take advantage of this Detroit defense like what happened last week. And Detroit has a 10-day rest coming off Thursday, Thanksgiving. You know, we always like taking teams off the rest. So that is just another huge advantage here. They just have to get the win. It's a three-point spread. Come on. This is, this is pick it up, put it down. Let's move on. Yeah, come on, Lions. Don't let us down now. The fan base deserves better. The model deserves better. And Dan Campbell, I have faith. Let's get it done. And yeah, Carr, I mean, you're saying he's a shell of himself. 
was he even ever that good to begin with? No. You're taking a, a shell of a quarterback that was never a great quarterback to begin with. And Average you're left with what you have. Yeah, you left yeah. with what you have now. So, yeah. So that's what that's where we're at. All right. Moving on to a team that has also been a surprise of the season, but another one that did let us down last week. Although it was a close divisional game, and we're talking about the Houston Texans, their game-tying field goal to force overtime came up just short as, I believe, it hit the crossbar even. A really That's painful it. way to go out and pretty much that wraps up that division. But they're still in the thick of the wild card race of the playoffs. And C.J. Stroud still had a great game. Tank Dell, another rookie, still looked awesome. And you got it at minus two and a half. Another line where the model correctly got on the right side of it early. They're now favored by three and a half at home against Denver, who's won five in a row. Yeah, Denver's playing really well. You know, it's nothing to sneeze at. But this Houston team is for real. C.J. Stroud is for real. He's already turned into easily a top 10 quarterback this year. I mean, there's he's obviously been in the MVP conversation. If you watch the game last week, he just looked like a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. He, he did. He looked more in control. If you're, if you're betting against him, you look more scared of him. You feel more confident if he's on your side. And he's got weapons. Tank Dell is an absolute freak. And then to pair that with Nico Collins, Robert Woods, all these other guys they have. And, you know, and now I think they're getting Noah Brown back, who had 180 yards last time before he got injured. This offense is really, really dangerous, and we don't think Denver's going to be able to keep up. Houston needs to bat, bounce back after last week. They got hosed on a lot of calls, specifically a couple of Tank Dell catches. One was an illegal motion when he caught a 60-yard bomb down the field that they brought all the way back. Another one, he did a nice little one-two step and got the toes down, and even though they reviewed it, they didn't give him the catch. So that was just two of many plays in that game that were very, very questionable to say the least. This, this time they're playing Denver, just not as good a team as Jacksonville. Houston knows they need to get that win, like you said. They're getting their linebacker, Denzel Perryman, back, who missed the last two games because of suspension. Nice little boost there. And Denver's still without Kareem Jackson, the safety, because he's still he's on suspension after getting resuspended after he came back for one game. So we're getting under a field goal. Texas just need a win, basically. Let's take this to the bank. Yeah, and Denver, even though they've won five in a row, they've really been eking these out. Very close games. The offense has still not looked great. They've Yes, they've done it when it mattered late in games, which is you have to give them credit for that. But still, it hasn't been pretty. And they've been living on the turnover battle. And that's something that Stroud has been elite at in his young NFL career is not turning the ball over. And a lot of those games were at home for Denver. I want to say at least three, if not four, of those games are at home. So now they come on the road. And if you watch that Houston game last week, Houston this is the first time they've been competitive in a few years, and it is loud there. It is loud. So it's going to be a nice home field advantage for the Texans. Love that. NRG bringing the energy in Houston. And, yeah, take Russell Wilson out of that mile-high air, and he might start choking, you know. So let's see what happens there. Now – we're going to go to the Chiefs. I feel the model's been almost on the Chiefs almost every week this season, and it's really paid off for the most part because they've been good. They've been solid, exactly what you expect, save for a couple of wide receiver games where no one could catch a cold. So Chiefs kingdom, they're minus six now, and they're going to Green Bay to take on the Packers. 
Yeah, we were actually against them last week, and uh, it was one of the games I didn't mention, but the Raiders were up 14 nothing and had a 30-yard field goal to go up 17 nothing that somehow was shanked, and then it all it all turned around at that point, even though we were getting nine and a half points, and that was just because there was a ton of points in Las Vegas. Uh, but anyway, Kansas City, they I think that you know they start they start to finally show that this offense is gonna click. Rasheed Rice being a breakout is so big for that offense, and I've I've really liked him this whole year. He's really finally starting to show his stuff. He had a great catch and run for a big touchdown last week. He can now be that consistent guy to really help the burden off of Kelsey. And we love this defense. This is definitely a top 10 defense. They, the only guy they're missing is linebacker Nick Bolton, which they miss, but they have a lot of linebacker depth. And we're, we're not scared of Jordan Love. I'm sorry. The, the Detroit defense has been completely eviscerated the last couple of weeks. And Jordan Love has, has he's definitely proven something. I don't want to like take everything away from him in his first year, but I'm not scared of him against this defense. The Chiefs are a much, much better team. I don't see the Packers putting up more than 14, 17 points in most. And, and this should be a nice, solid, easy win for the Chiefs on the road, keeping their momentum going. They're trying to get after that number one seed. Yeah, this will be a big prove-it week for Jordan Love. If he starts balling out against Kansas City, maybe the calculus is a little different, but he hasn't really done anything against a good defense this season. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, one thing I, I should have also called out is the only reason we would get off this is the Packers have had a few guys out on defense. So they've had, you know, they, they played phenomenal last week against Detroit, obviously, keeping them in check. But they're, they've been missing their top corner, Jari Alexander. They've been missing their safeties, both safeties, Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage. Uh, there, there's probably there's one other guy I'm probably not I'm probably missing as well. But yeah, so they, they have a handful of guys that have been injured. Some of those guys might come back this week. So if they get a bunch of guys back on defense, we might stay away. Uh, but right now, we we really like the play. Okay, something to watch. That's why you always gotta stay tight to the Substack and see that Friday night inactives list and even the Sunday emails to confirm the play. So with that, we have our fifth and final game that's going to be taken this week, and that's the Dolphins. The offense, that can't be stopped, although in recent weeks it hasn't been quite the same offense it was in the early season, but they're still winning games, and they're still covering spreads, and they're minus 9.5 at the Washington Commanders, or whatever you want to call them these days. Yeah, the, the Dolphins have been interesting, right? Because they, they started off as such a hot offensive team. They're breaking all sorts of records, and it's kind of flipped. And now it's uh, the defense is really strong. A big reason for that is the, the comeback of Jalen Ramsey, right? And, and they've been pretty much healthy across the board. Now they did lose one of their best defensive players in Jalen Phillips on that goddamn MetLife turf, tear down the building, burn it down. It's a disgrace. The amount of injuries that place has caused Aaron Rodgers earlier in the year, now Jalen Phillips. And a whole bunch of others that we don't need to get into, but my the commanders are, are falling apart. I mean, we see it. We've been seeing it every week. Ron Rivera is going to get fired probably after this game. It, it, it's just, it's, it's not looking good for them. And even though Sam Howell's looked okay in, in his first year as a starter, he's looked, he's looked good enough, right. To at least give another shot. Uh, he's very turnover prone. And this Miami defense now is, I, I got to check. I think let's, let's do it real quick. They're either number one or number two in the model. The Miami defense is, sorry, they're number four currently. That's right, because of the loss of Jalen Phillips. But, I mean, that's still a really high unit that, that they're that they're putting out there that can cause a lot of turnovers, cause a lot of disruption. Only injury to look out for is offensive tackle Teron Armstead. He came off at the end of that Jets game. 
Uh, so not sure if he's going to play. They might want to rest him just because they know they're going to get this win. But as long as the spread is under nine, I don't see how Washington's going to keep up. This defense is not playing well since they traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. It's, you know, two of their best defensive players. And that was that was a signal, I think, to, to them, the team, everybody, like, hey, white flag, we're giving up. And, and Miami's, they're going for the number one seed as well, right? And, and they, they really need to get this win. So uh, if it stays under 10, we, we get Teron Armstead in there. We're, we're going with the play. Yeah, and Sam Howell has been, like you said, solid, but he's been sacked the most of any quarterback in the league. So even without Jalen Phillips, you expect Christian Watson and company to get after that quarterback, Fortune turnover. Chris, Christian Wilkins. Wilkins. Christian Wilkins. And yeah, so so that Miami defense hopefully will stand up to that number four ranking, even without their best pass rusher in Phillips. So those are the five plays. We're moving on to the others to watch section. This week, only one on your eye. And that's, I'm like going to gag in my mouth right now how gross yeah. this one is. But sometimes yeah. you got to keep an eye on it all. And that's New England, the Patriots. I don't yeah. know if you've taken them once this year. Uh, I'd be surprised if you have. And they're yeah. plus six at home against a Chargers team that Brandon Staley might give Ron Rivera a run for his money on next coach to be fired. Right. Yeah. Look, I, I, we're only going to take this if it gets to seven or higher, even though we're seeing some value here. It's a pretty gross play, but but hear me out for a second. The Chargers, they, you know, the, there's never been a season where the Chargers charger more than this year. They just they can't get it right. Even last week when their defense finally steps up and plays well, then they fumble the ball six times and the offense can't get it done. They just can't put together a complete game. Brandon Staley is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He's on such a hot seat right now that the team is they're They're crumbling and they're flying now from West coast to East coast going to new England. Right. And they're favored by almost a touchdown. So that's, that's not the easiest spot to go. And this Pat's defense has still remained pretty tough, even though they've lost Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, they've still, you know, held these teams in check for the most part. It's really been the offense that's been tough. Uh, so, you know, this obviously comes down to spread. How many points are we getting? Can they keep it close enough? It'll be a small play if we end up going with it. Let's see if we can get it to seven. Let's monitor. Um, yeah, you might have to gag a little bit before you put in that bet, but hey, there's value to be found somewhere, even on the bad teams. There's always value to be found. And even if we got to hold our noses, this might be a play. But also, I don't, I don't know. You might have to look out for Belichick tanking here, DL, for Caleb Williams. I mean, uh, you can't you can't put it past him at this point. You know, right. the, the old wily vet over there in New England. That's fine. They'll just keep it close enough and then miss a field, 35-yard field goal at the end of the game. So that's there, there. we go. That's a uh, that's uh, reference to this past week against the Giants in the what was one of the toilet bowls of the season. And yeah. for as bad as New England played, they still had a chance to tie it and completely shanked a 35-yard field goal. It's almost it almost looked like they were tanking the game. Yeah. It was pretty funny. But there we have it. That's the week 13 plays. This is follow the model. Rusty, anything else you want to touch on for this week? That's it. I think right now the two top teams we got in the model are Philly and Miami. So if you're looking to make any future bets, you know, we've been giving some shout outs throughout the year. The Vikings, I, I thought, you know, they, they really blew that game against Chicago. That would have been a great spot for them to maybe take that division. But after that loss, I think they're, they're out of it. But if you're looking for just Super Bowl futures, obviously not going to get great value, but I still think Miami has, has some decent value right now. It's, it's a tough AFC, but 
um, just just something to look out for. You know, right now, if we have to call a Super Bowl, those would be our picks. Nice. I love it. Giving the fans and the followers of the model a little extra something, something to follow this week. And make sure you stay close on the Substack, on Twitter, get everything that's the most up to date. And this is Follow the Model, and we're signing off.